The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Matthew Bowles. Matt is Managing Director of Alto Metals, an explorer and likely near-term gold developer from a sandstone gold project in WA's prolific East Murchison Goldfield. Alto trades under the code AME, that's Alpha Mike Echo. It last traded at 8.9 cents for a market cap of about 33 million. Is sporting a 331,000 ounce indicated and third uh, gold resource at a handy grade of 1.7 grams of gold a tonne at the SGP. Now, gold production at sandstone dates back to the late 1800s, and in more recent times, it was a producer between 1992 and 2010 by some well known, well known names like Herald and Troy Resources. Alto is out to grow the resource base in an initial. 5,000 metre drilling program as part of a broader 30,000 metre program and is funded for the push thanks to a recent $5.5 million placement. Now it has to be said that SGP is a highly strategic piece of the East Murchison, sitting as it does between Mount Magnet and Leinster. How strategic you might ask? Well, the company has been the subject of no less than three unsolicited takeover bids this year, around the 7 to 7.5 cents a share level. It has just seen off the last of those. Now, the bids are the best indication you can get that Alto is seen as an undervalued situation, something that the current drilling program or the near-term drilling program should begin to reverse. With that, I'm going to say good day to Matt and welcome him to the podcast. Hi, Matt, and thanks for your time today. Oh, thanks, Barry. How are you going? Good to see you. Okay, Matt, let's uh, start off by getting a bit of a background, if we could, on yourself and maybe a brief introduction introduction to some of the other key personnel driving the Alto story. Sure. So my background, I've um, started my career, career with Rio Tinto. Um, I was there for 10 years, so I worked across most of the, um, the business units here. And after that, uh, moved over to London. I've worked in banking and finance, mainly in, in uh, natural resources over there. And so I spent the next five years of my career working there and then um, moved back to, to Perth with my wife, got pregnant with our first child. Mm-hmm. Um, and joined um, EY's uh, resources M&A team. So I was with EY for about um, six years. So I've got quite a big background in, in the M&A resources space. Um, I was then lured to, uh, to to join a very small um, gold explorer at the time, um, which had an amazing gold project in Burkina Faso, um, and joined Steve Parsons at, at, at um, Griffin Minerals, which we oh, right. um, which we grew to um, to, to quite a substantial Asset. So, I guess that was where my first real passion of uh, gold um, started, and uh, I've been following gold ever since. And um, about uh, eighteen months ago, got approached to join Alto as a, initially as a non-executive. And uh, about a week after that, is when we first had the first takeover bid. Um, so, very quickly moved from a non-exec role into an exec role, and I've um, been working with Alto ever since. So, it's um, certainly been an interesting story on that side. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the the board of Altos certainly evolved somewhat. Um, we had uh, Richard Monty recently joined um, 
about six months ago. So Richard's a, a geologist by background. He's probably one of the, certainly one of the better geologists around. And um, he's, he's, his background, he was with Anaconda for, for a number of years and uh, more recently saw the, uh, the takeover of Azimuth um, down in, in Guyana in South America. Um, and joined by, by Richard on the board is, um, is, is Terry Wheeler. And Terry, um, so he was the founder of, uh, of Genalysis, which is now Intertech Genalysis. Um, and he basically that was his, his entire career, and he built that, that business up from scratch, um, and and now um, works as a, as, a, as a resources investor and has certainly supported Alto through a lot of tough times. Um, and he's certainly been a fantastic sort of director and uh, and shareholder to have um, through the the M and A side, which I'll, I'll talk about shortly. It's been quite difficult for us to raise some funds and series. Uh, Certainly, put his, um, his his checkbook where his mouth is, and has stepped up and provided some loan funds to the company when uh, when it was difficult for us to raise money. So, um, look, big believer as um, as as I am, and uh, and as Richard and uh, the rest of the team are. That's oh, a quality board there for a company of its size, that's for sure. And um, I guess your M and A experience over the years that came in handy in the last uh, well this year with the three bids. Um, now, I noticed the chairman in the annual report said that the year had been exciting, exhilarating, and at times extremely frustrating. Let's uh, get the frustrating part of the way out, uh, out of the way, which I take was referring to the unwanted takeover bids. While they're out of the way now, what do you see they were signalling to the market? And uh, does your, well, obviously the focus shifts now from def- uh, defending against unwanted and underpriced takeover bids to uh, growing the story. Yeah, well, certainly, Richard, um, his reference to the frustrating is is that um, I think his next sentence after that was was a lot of junior explorers take for granted being able to sort of go out and raise some money, certainly in, in this current gold environment. And um, and that was really one of the things that was hampering Alto and, and, and um, its inability to, to do that mm. as, as freely and easily. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, for, for a company of our side to, to have dealt with not one, but three takeovers, and, and it does distract um, management. Um, it stops you from sort of doing that exploration. And as an explorer, um, you know your, your lifeblood is is getting news flow out there and drilling an exploration, and, mm-hmm. and that's all why we're, we're in the explorer uh, environment. Is just the, you know it's the, um, the exciting thrill of the chase and finding something new. So it's um it's really pleasing to to finally have some clear air to um, to get out there and sort of um, commit the the plan drilling that we've had. Um, planned for for Samsung, particularly focusing on, on like Lord Nelson and Lord Henry in that corridor for um, for quite some time. And uh, yeah, we've uh, just recently closed a um, five and a half million dollar placement, um, and that's uh, as you mentioned, sort of. So that's slated to um, five thousand meters of that will be completed, I would say, um, in the next couple of months, and uh, and that's part of the thirty thousand meter um, planned drilling program, and, and that's the biggest program that the company is. Has ever embarked on in recent times, and and hopefully that's just the beginning of more things to come as we test that corridor. Mm, okay, so we're getting on to the exciting and exhilarating "quote unquote" parts of the Alto story. <laughs> Give us a, a, a snapshot of uh, Sandstone's past. It's a well-known name in the mining circles, but not all investors would have heard of it. And uh, how you see the future unfolding? Yeah, look, I mean, certainly. Um, I mean, Sandstone. So our sandstone project sits on 800 square kilometres of the sandstone greenstone belt. So I guess it's, it's an unusual for, for Alto um, or a company of our size to effectively have a dominant position on an entire greenstone belt. Um, and 
Sandstone itself has had a lot of mining activity. It's been mined since the early 1900s. It's already had a million ounces of gold mined from it um, in various sort of aspects. There's, um, there's a couple of high-grade reefs. Um, they're well-known, um, Hacks and Arroyo. They, um, they sort of produce over 200,000 ounces of gold each um, at 24 grams per tonne and 16 grams per tonne respectively. So some super high-grade there. And, um, and you mentioned earlier Troy Resources, and Troy's probably one of the more well-known groups more recently that's been in there and, and, and mined um, at Sandstone. It discovered Lord Nelson and, and Lord Henry, which were, again, two of the most profitable gold mines in Australia at the time. So, and for us, that, that sort of demonstrates that there's, there's so many other prospective areas there. Um, there's um, multiple targets, which are uh, small prospects that have been unmined. Um, and it's probably been part of the distraction of, of a lot of um, previous owners as to, you know, you've almost spoiled the choice as to where you, where you focus your exploration mm. efforts because there is so much gold um, shedded off that belt. Um, and, and so for us, it's going in and prioritising those, those areas that we really want to focus on to begin with. All right. Now, um, there's been uh, some excitement around uh, Orion Lode, which is, uh, I think, about 200 metres south or thereabouts of Lord Nelson, and just by Lord Nelson was a, I think, a two hundred and ten thousand ounce pit that was stopped when it uh, hit fresh rock because uh, the treatment plant uh, wasn't geared for that. But uh, what do you, uh, what do you think you've got at Orion Lode? Yeah, it was certainly early days there at Orion, and um, I guess we've we've looked to focus on on Lord. So Orion is a is is, a, is the next load along from from Lord Nelson's part of that. Deposit. And the reason we, on the area, we've decided to focus down in the south east corner, um, is that it, the close proximity to the Edale Shear. So the Edale Shear is a major shear zone that runs all the way up through the property. Um, and our view is, um, you find big deposits very near big shear systems, mm -hmm. um, and you also find gold. And I hate to say the adage, but you, you do find gold where gold's currently found. And, and to your point around um, Troy's exploration strategy was very much driven by the near-surface oxide material on the property to put through the oxide plant that was there. So we're not constrained with having an oxide, a hungry oxide mill mill to feed. Um, so we're really sort of just going back to, to, to fundamental geology and approaching this from an explorer's point of view of, you know, where can you find those big deposits? So naturally, we went back to initially to, to Lord Nelson. So the, the resource there was 68,000 ounces when... At the bottom of that pit, that pit was mined down to about ninety meters, mm -hmm. and as you said, it sort of it just it just stopped when it hit that transition on fresh rock. So for us, it was the natural place to start. And um, interestingly, there was there was one single drill hole um, south of um, of Lord Nelson um, that was grading about um, six meters at two and a half grams from eighty two. It was almost two hundred meters south of the pit. Um, so last last year we went back in and um, we decided to do a couple of step out holes. One of those holes returned 12 metres at 3.4 from about 30. Um, and that has now evolved into what we're now calling the Orion load. So we've we've gone back in and we've infilled some further holes, 10 at 4, 23 at 3.8. And these are all sort of less than 50 metres um, from depth, from surface, sorry, vertical meters. And so it's really sort of we've seen that Orion load certainly evolved from, from what was under a little bit of cover. So there's probably what, you know, Troy missed it to begin with. Um, and we're just focusing on the, you know, the depth 
um, and plunging sim at that Orion load, which which we we're really excited about. Mm. Um, yeah. So um, it's it's what sort of length has it been defined over currently? So the length of Orion now um, extends for it's a, about three hundred meters. So if you look at the entire mineralised footprint of Lord Nelson, which is a five hundred metre long pit, um, we've now got a mineralised footprint of over a kilometre, um, and that remains open along strike and down plunge and down dip. Um, there was some follow up deeper holes that we drilled, and when I say deeper, I mean there's only 200 metre mm-hmm. vertical depth again, so not that deep. Um, and we drilled those below Lord Nelson just to sort of see how that, that um, the, the primary or fresh rock uh, behaves. I think one of our best holes there was 16 metres at um, 5.2 grams per tonne, so that's really open, that's in the primary primary rock. So it's really sort of demonstrating that there's some really high grade um, below that pit. Um, and these orogenic gold systems, as you can know, can just, they can just go to the centre of the earth. So it's it's um it's early days, but it's very very exciting for us to have opened up a whole corridor. Right. Uh, now we've talked, we've mentioned the uh, this five thousand meter drilling program that uh, has started now, has it? That I expect that to be starting by the end of this uh, end of this week or the next week. I think the uh, the rigs are actually just getting um, uh, maintained and uh, furbished at the moment. As you can appreciate, it's pretty hard to get get mm-hmm. hold of rigs at the moment. But given one of our major shareholders is a uh, owns a drilling company. Um, we've certainly been, able to get, <laughs> certainly been able to get hold of rigs a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that so that initial program is 5,000 metres and that's testing, um, it's actually testing the next, what we think could be the, the next potential loads along that Lord Nelson or Lord's Corridor, which is a corridor now sends the over three kilometres. Um, we have Lord Nelson at the north and, and Lord Henry to the south. Um, and we're, we're looking to test those to demonstrate how, um, I guess, the strike extent and how, how, how many potential loads there could be along that corridor before we go back in and do any further infield step out at, at Orion. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, it's sort of, I guess, when Troy had the, the property, they certainly tested um, drilling all the way from, from Lord Henry, which, which they discovered first up to the north to, to, to Lord Nelson. It's a very shallow sort of, um, mainly, mainly air core, and um, there's a couple of RC holes, but mainly air core, sort of average depth was about sort of 40 metres. Between Lord Henry and Lord Nelson, there's quite a bit, bit more cover, it's about 20 metres of cover. So when you're chasing oxide near surface material and you're using sort of air core and then maybe this, the odd RC hole, you, you, you're not really sort of getting through most of it and testing where that, where that gold could be. Mm. Um, they did get a couple of hits. Um, I think one of the best holes they hit was um, one metre at three grams uh, and one at four. Um, but they were in much wider zones of over 20 metres, um, running about 0.2, 0.3. Um, I guess that for, for us is the leader. Um, so we've identified Orion. We're now looking further down that corridor. And we've taken all of that drilling data that Troy have done. We've overlaid it with a lot of the geological mapping that was, was done by Troy and also by, by our geologists. Um, we've looked at where... Um, the major cross-cutting structures are along that big Granadira intrusion, which is the main sort of uh, the, the reason, I guess, for, for, for the Lords being there. And most of that mineralisations seem to be on the contact between the Granadirite and the Ultramafic, while we are seeing some low-grade in the granite itself. So we've overlaid, I guess, a lot of drilling data, geology, a lot of structural interb, um, quite a bit of magnetic data. And all of those have coincided to where those drilling hits are. So that's where we're sort of honing in now in this program, which is a 
it's a very wide spaced 80 by 80 meter program. Um, and that's so this is you know, real exploration on that corridor. Yeah, and um, soundly based stuff too, not just it is, it is, yeah. but it's it's very much targeted. Um, I guess we've we, we understand the geological model, um, and there's no other, there's nothing else for us to do now but go and drill test this. And I think if we can we can find something there, it's really going to open up that whole corridor. Um, and even if it doesn't, we've still got sort of there's a Ryan and, and Port Nelson to test as well. Mm. Um, but we're we're really we're quite quietly quietly quite excited about um, what's potentially there. Yeah. Okay. Now I mentioned. Uh... It was a very strategic location of the project. I think you've got probably half a dozen treatment plants within 100, 150 k's. The resource currently stands at 331,000 ounces. I'm just, uh, can you give us a feel for what you consider to be, you know, critical mass to uh, for a standalone project? Yeah, look, I think that's that's the key thing. I get asked that question quite a bit because there are a number of processing options in the area. Um, when you have Goldfields Agnew to the east, um, Remedius. But then that Mount Magnet to the west there. Um, there's, there's a, then obviously, then you have West Gold at, um, uh, there with Big Bell and so forth. So there's, there's, we have, do have a few options. Um, I think for us, the, the, the key thing, because we don't have a mill, we can focus on the exploration side. And at what point does a, a company decide now is that critical mm. um, milestone to, to start working through you know, looking at development options? Um, Look, I, I mean, personally for me, I mean, the, the milestones are always sort of from a resource growth size as well as looking at, you know, half a million increments, half a million ounces. And obviously, that's our, our next sort of um, you know, internal sort of hurdle that we, we think we can get to. And then beyond that, I mean, a million ounces is, is where you want to get to. And I think that's when you start looking at what your development um, options are. Mm. Um, and it's really about them, you know, looking at building a, a, a mill um, and a plant that's, that's fit for purpose to treat the ore that you have rather than trying to force the ore to work through the mill that you have. Yeah, and what you're alluding to there is that, well, at this point, untapped un, uh, upside, which the three takeover bids were obviously seeing the potential for. So it's now about getting on with the drilling program and working towards that 500 and maybe a million ounces and beyond. So Yeah, that's, value that's something. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, a lot of our shareholders are very much just backing the exploration side, and I think that's what companies are getting rewarded for at the moment. Certainly, with some of the stories such as you know De Grey and Chalice, I and mean, people are looking for those next sort of major discoveries. And I, and I think that um, certainly from a valuation point of view, we're going to get a lot more traction by sort of starting to demonstrate what it is it what it is that you know three other unsolicited offers from companies saw that the rest of the market still still sort of I guess. Mm. Are starting to see now, um, I mean, particularly when you have such a, a major ground holding of this. So there's 800 square kilometres on that, that sandstone, greenstone belt. And most of what we're looking at and focusing on is, um, you know, it's a small three kilometre corridor down in the, in the southeast of the property. Um, you know, we've got previous mines that produced you know, 200,000 ounces at sort of 23 or 16 grams per tonne. Um, so there's lots and lots of targets, um, and that's what we don't want to get distracted with. There are lots of targets there, and we'll get to them. But we've got to get give it a focus um, and build that story. Mm. And as you are no doubt well aware, there's been a lot of chatter uh, in the last year or so about perhaps the need for uh, the project to be uh, amalgamated, uh, merged with some other projects in the area that you know are of similar size and maybe have similar upside. 
Um, I take it, though, at this stage, uh, the company's uh, focused on driving up the value chain itself with the project. Yes, certainly when you look at that area, there's a number of, you know, we're surrounded by some sort of major mid-tier gold producers that are obviously they're looking to grow. Um, and then you're looking at a number of sort of smaller junior gold companies, which, you know, do they continue to go grow through exploration or is it through, through M&A? Um, I think, um, I mean, we've always said, and obviously the, the question we come up with is, in the, what you're referring to is Little Island, but we, um, with that approach, we, we never said never, we just said not right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, for us, it's, which we, our shareholders want to see, um, and certainly some of our new shareholders coming in, they, they want to see what we've got before we do anything else. Um, and I guess we have the optionality of this, you know, we're certainly not not sport for choice for suitors. Um, and I think it'd be remiss for us to sort of really not, you know, hit this pretty hard. Mm. Um, and sort of just see, you know, start to unlock that that latent value that's at um, that's at Sandstone that, you know, we can actually sort of point to this is what people are seeing that um that's potentially there. Yeah, for sure. Okay then. Um so just to bring it all together, what uh, should investors look out for from the company, uh, say, uh, in the lead-up towards uh, Christmas? Look, as I said, it's going to be certainly an exciting time for us. I've got my exploration team are heading out next week um, to embark on that initial 5,000-metre program. Um, so that's going to have us drilling at least, um, I would say, up to sort of um, early, mid-December, and then we'll make a decision whether we continue or whether we um, sort of just have a break until early next year. Um and that's, that's really just focusing on, on testing a number of targets along that corridor. So we'll be sort of doing some big 80-metre step-out drilling. Then we're going back in and doing some infill. Then we'll be coming back very, very early next year and we'll be hitting Lords um, even harder with the rest of that um, 25,000 metres um, of, of RC drilling to take us up to that full 30,000-metre program. Um, I would hope that then we'd look to early next year we're getting a second rig on site to really sort of just crank up activity and that'll be more so doing a lot more infill and um, you know working towards sort of starting to grow that that that's overall sort of minimised footprint. For sure. Okay. Well, there we go folks. Um company's going to uh, give the sandstone uh, project a red hot go and from the exploration uh, standpoint in uh, coming months uh, to unlock that uh, upside uh, which probably would have been well down that pathway, it wasn't for the three uh, takeover bids, but um, I'm not going to say may you, the rest of the year be M&A free for you, but uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, we can uh, get that focus going on the exploration and uh, get the results to uh, excite the market on the project. Alrighty, Matt. Well, thanks for your time today and thanks for all that uh, uh, background and explanation of what's going on there and uh, wish you all the best with it. Right. Thanks, Barry. Great job. Cheers.